Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Thursday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. um, And we'll get right into it. Uh, Actually, the story that possibly would have been our top story had we been able to confirm it um, is one that we didn't confirm. So we didn't have it as our top story for today. Um, as I hinted to folks in, in the morning updates that I do on social media, which if you go on Instagram or go on Twitter, you can see the morning updates uh, that, that we throw out there. Um, there is a story going around circles and the Washington Post is reporting it as as well, um, that there was a uh, tirade, a blow up between our congressional members during a congressional delegation meeting with the governor. And this all sort of came to a head over, not shockingly, because it's been the issue we've been talking about since last Friday, um, the transgender policies for schools. Um, According to the reporting, which again, we have not been able to confirm, but the Washington Post is reporting that uh, Congresswoman Spamberger and Congressman Bob Good got into a tirade at each other. Um, Reportedly, uh, Congresswoman Spamberger used uh, stronger language, (laughs) um, words that we can't repeat here if we want to keep the clean clean rating, um, towards the the congressman. Basically, the congressman reportedly had said that, um, you know, the reason for teen suicides uh, over the transgender issue is because of grooming and because of um, confusion, things along that line. And the congresswoman had a disagreement with that, you know. A pretty strong disagreement with that. And and actually, Congressman Good was responding to Congresswoman Spamberger bringing up her disagreement with the governor over his changing of the the transgender model. And and Spanberger, I think, started this by saying, respectfully, Governor, I disagree with the rewrite. Is that what that that started? Again, keeping in mind, we don't actually have audio recording of this. We don't actually, uh, you know, we don't know word for word what was said. That is what the reports have been saying, that, you know, that that she brought up her disagreement to the governor in a much more tactful way than uh, Congressman Good had his response, and then Congresswoman Spamberger it escalated from there. Yes, escalated from there, and reportedly, and this probably is no surprise to anyone who uh, who knows the senator well and has seen the senator work. That Senator Tim Kaine attempted to defuse the entire situation when it when it came down to it. So, yeah. Um, Again, we haven't been able to confirm it. That's why we're not mentioning it, uh, you know, fully on air. But we did want to say that we do have, you know, we have um, seen the reports and and we will mention it here on the podcast. So, yeah. And uh, from what I understand, just from overhearing what you've explained is 
the governor sometimes meets with the congressional delegation. It's not always covered by the press. No, sometimes. And, and there used to be, at least during the General Assembly session, when they have this meeting, um, traditionally, they'd all hold a presser outside of the mansion. And we all, you know, go and and, and ask questions because, hey, when are you getting an opportunity to talk to the governor and a good segment of the congressional delegation? Now, it's not always it's not always all the congressional delegation. Traditionally, once at least one senator would miss it or, you know, (laughs) maybe one or two congressmen. But, you know, it's an opportunity for them to bring up uh, bring up Virginia related issues and for the governor to bring up Virginia related issues to to the congressional delegations. This is not abnormal. Right. So um, moving on from that story, you had a very interesting story out of Hanover um, that got weirder as the day went on. One that that we finally got a name on on this incident from back in the beginning of the month, but then that it resolved itself in of all places, Custer County, Montana. Yeah, it's really it's really odd how this ended up. Uh, so I guess around late morning, midday, the uh, Hanover uh, Sheriff's Office uh, put out a a news release saying that they had identified the man, still had not caught the man involved in a road rage incident. If you remember, this happened Labor Day afternoon, Monday, September 5th, uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon on Route 33, uh, just west of 295, very close to the Hanover-Henrico line. If you're familiar at all with that stretch of road as it goes from 295 to the Tyson plant, it's kind of in that area. I think there's a turnoff to go to like a water park in that area, and uh, that's kind of near where this happened. Uh, where uh, a man now identified as a 22-year-old Christopher Shavili. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but uh, that is the name of the uh, man uh, that Hanover believes is uh, responsible for this. Uh, He was driving a 2003 Chevy Silverado, uh, shot at a car, uh, hit the car several times with bullets. Nobody was injured. But uh, the, the the victim's car was damaged and police had never been able to catch up with this guy. So the uh, news or the uh, news release came out today that they were looking for Shavili, who was armed and dangerous and perhaps in Goochland County, uh, driving that Chevy Silverado with Virginia tags. And I don't believe I think we had a description on the initial release that he was driving a pickup truck. Um, that I'm not sure if it was the same maker model as the one today, but it was like an old model uh, pickup truck. But uh, they did have the Virginia tags on this one uh, that they identified. And they said he may be in Goochland County and they say he is armed and dangerous. About uh, four o'clock this afternoon, I think, or 3.30 or something like that, um, another release came out from Hanover County saying that the guy has been found and arrested in Custer County, Montana, which is about 2,000 miles away from either uh, Hanover or Goochland. Uh, so, you know, a long way away. But, of course, this happened a couple of weeks ago, so he had time to get out there. It's not yeah. like he was driving all night to get there. But uh, no other details as to the circumstances behind, you know, how uh he was found or whether montana was privy to this situation or i mean i can't imagine that uh you know 
maybe surrounding states to Virginia, this notification would go to be on the lookout for this guy if they felt like he was on the run, but they felt like he was only in Goochland. So who knows? Well, and it could be too, you know, to, to be honest with you, there are toll roads between here and there, you know, easy pass. And there's, there's multiple ways to, you know, yeah. To, to, to figure that out. And obviously, obviously with the, with the speed of communication these days, it's pretty easy to get out, uh, you know, beyond the lookout information out to, uh, you know. Sure. To, to maybe, you know, it could, yeah. I'm not sure what the protocol is when you have something like this, where you, you, you may have a little idea where the guy is, but you know, he could be anywhere. So yeah. maybe, you know, the net was cast wide, but maybe they had intelligence that he could have been in Montana. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, we don't know. And yeah. that's, you know, questions that we, we need answered. But uh, again, interesting. We don't normally see a, a, a case resolved from Hanover or, you know, even locally anywhere in Montana. So it's just. <laughs> no, it's just it's weird. And you were saying that this is the eastern part of Montana, which is ironically the closest part of Montana. That's, you know, yeah. to us. <laughs> if you were in western Montana, that may add another a thousand, fifteen hundred miles, you know, given how yeah. big that state is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, move, moving on uh, from, from that story, um, you know, a couple a couple of stories, not major stories, but will have a big impact on people, um, especially in Chesterfield. One, Chesterfield's going to privatize recycling. Um, you know, we I happen to live in Chesterfield, so I say we here for a second. Um, right now, you know, people can opt in, opt out, opt out of recycling in Chesterfield. Um, but you pay it through your property taxes, basically. Um, and uh, you put the bins out and you get charged like $40 a year um, through your property taxes. And uh, they come by and pick it up. Well, the contract with CVWMA um, or the Central Virginia Waste Management Authority, um, they um, that contract ends next July and the cost was going to go up big time. Um, you know, when they put out their, 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 you know, their contracts, they found that the, the, the cost was going to go up big time. And so Chesterfield started talking to the private companies and found that they could, you know, if people went to private companies, they'd probably be saving money compared to what would be going with CV, uh, with the uh, CVWMA, as I remember those <laughs> acronym again, um, that was going to be cheaper to go that direction. So they're, they're basically privatizing recycling and people can go to their, their garbage company or another company. Um, there's four providers currently that the County has talked to. Um, and, uh, you can, you can get it done that way. Um, and it's, and it's interesting because it's, it's the way recycling has been done for, for a long time and now it's going to change. Right. Well, being in the rural County that I am, we don't have that County wide, recycling pickup, I happen to be very fortunate that I live very close to a transfer station. So we just take it to take it there. Well, and I, and I could do so as well. I don't live yeah. all that far from a transfer station. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, my son goes to school near the other transfer station. Right. Um, but, um, you know, it, you, it will probably be just as easy, if not easier to, to, to just contract with the, uh, with the garbage company and move along. And that's what I think a lot of people are going to do. And what yeah. they're saying is, well, the contract runs out in, in uh, July, people can start opting out now, and then you're not paying, uh, the, you know, the property tax cost on that. It's, it's right. 20, so I, I guess your county bill, 
However, that is is going to be lower because there you don't have the CVWMA stuff on there. Well, yes, but I probably you know personally I probably won't notice it as again it goes on the real estate tax it goes into escrow and yeah. my pro- personal pro- my property tax went up. Um, yeah, well, right. well, it didn't it didn't go up, but the assessment went up. So you know, all, all in all, I'm not going to notice a change in the amount I'm paying. Right, right, yeah. right. So, but that's, but that's me. For some people, they will notice a little bit, a little bit of change. And, and the, the, you know, the big, the big thing with that is even if people didn't take advantage of the recycling service from the county, they were still being blanket charged for this, right? No, no. Cause, oh. cause Chesterfield, Chesterfield does it uh, where you can opt out. Okay. Is, oh, I'll say you did say that. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no. And, and that's, and that's a confusing thing because the other counties don't necessarily do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in Chesterfield, you can opt out. They, they do not make it a full requirement for everyone to be in the process. Okay. And Chesterfield still gets about 60% recycling. They didn't mention that. Um, so that's, that's still a good number, all things considered for an yep. opt out, you know, opt out provision. Yeah. Um, other story that's going to impact people um, and, and really it has already started to because Dominion actually increased the rates back in July, but now they've gotten full approval to, to stick with it. Um, the State Corporation Commission this month approved a, a, a an increase for Dominion, and this deals with their fuel costs. Um, while gas prices have gone down, even though they're going back up a little bit, natural gas has not gone down. Um, and they said, actually, if they hadn't done some things to mitigate it, Really, they could have asked for a $24 a month increase on the bill um, because of the natural gas cost, but they've done some things to mitigate it, like spreading it out and um, lowering some costs elsewhere. Um, so it's going to work out to be about $9 a month on the bill, but but costs are still going up. Yeah. And it just got me thinking that they did this increase even before the State Corporation Commission approved it. Is that kind of in the past, if they would not have approved it, would there have been a refund coming? Um, I, I don't recall exactly how that works, but if, you know, the the state corporation commission routinely lets lets this occur, where you know you get preliminary yeah. preliminary okay, and then um, you know, and normally it's just not a good reason for it. Yeah, yeah no, normally normally it's it's right. fully approved after re, yeah. after review, and and here we're talking about fuel costs. Yeah. Um, which are dollar for dollar passed on through yeah. the state corporation commission anyway. So those tend to get pretty easily, uh, easily approved. It's when you start having the, the costs for projects and other things that right. they're proposing to do and asking for rate increases there that where you run into questions. Right. But then again, there's been state law changes. We're going to get deep in the weeds if I start discussing <laughs> yeah. those. Sorry, you brought that up. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a lot of things that go into to to the yeah. state corporation commission's decisions and abilities to to rule on rate increases. Yeah. This one is pretty easy. It's a it's a dollar for dollar increase. Right, right. So, so that's basically what we have for you today. Um, I will be off tomorrow, so Jeff will be handling this on his own tomorrow. Um, yep. So. Uh, you know, he'll, you'll be in his capable hands for tomorrow. I will be back on Monday. It's just a, a quick day off. Um, and then we'll be, you know, back to the normal shift uh, on Monday. So this has been It's News to Us. He's Jeff Stapleton. He's Jeff Stapleton. I'll say, get your name correct. He's ah. Jeff Stapleton. I'm sorry about that. It, I'm it, Matt Demline. It's only a problem if you screw up your own name. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Matt Demline. And we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.